the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Danny Cannell. That's Bud Elliott. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson. So excited to bring back a staple of the Cover 3 Podcast. It is the 2021 quarterback draft. Uh, If you were a fan of the show last summer, you remember how it goes. We are each tasked with putting together our quarterback room. We're going to have four rounds, and the pool of available players is all from 2021 rosters. Now... Do you just want to load up to try to have the best possible quarterback room for this year? Are you just going to say, forget any kind of depth, forget any kind of uh, continuity? I'll I'll just hit the transfer portal the, the next season. That that's up to you. Are you going all young? Are you just going to try to get in? Uh, you know the true freshmen that you think not only are going to have an impact this season, but also moving forward. It is very much a reflection of our styles, tastes, and some of our favorite quarterbacks uh, across of all of college football. Uh, but do you feel, I mean, we've, we've done some drafting. We've done some all-time drafting. We've done the Oklahoma drill draft. We'll do the 2021 Oklahoma drill draft in a little bit. But are you feeling good about uh, draft season here on the Cover 3 podcast? You know, it's kind of my, my maiden voyage as far as the positional draft stuff. So I'm... I, I feel okay, but like, look, Denny played QB, and and Tom and you have done this before, so I'm, I'm I don't know, I, I kind of feel like I'm I'm the underdog in this one. All right, the draft season has started. We will start with the quarterbacks. Hit it! All right, the first pick here in the 2021 Cover Three Quarterback Draft, it goes to Tom Fernelli. So Tom, as you are on the clock. Who will you be taking in the first pick? Losing all those games finally pays off. You know, it's it's different this year because I feel like last year there were the obvious, you know, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields after that. So, like, I feel like this year going into the season, there is no clear-cut top guy. So I did kind of have a little trouble putting my board together because I do feel like there's not much separation between a lot of the guys that I think are in consideration for not even just the first pick, but, like, the first round. But... In the end, I'm somebody who likes to draft for the now and for the future. So I'm taking care of a little bit of both of that here with my first pick. I'm taking DJU, DJ Uyunglele, because that way he could start for me next year, this year. And then I'll have somebody in the pipeline that is the plan to replace him a few years from now after he leaves after his third season and goes out of the NFL. So I'm taking DJU to start this off. Sophomore out of Clemson, uh, a lot of eligibility left, as you as you mentioned. And I, I will say number one on, on my board. Tough, tough to see him go. It was, uh, is, is he holding similar spots for y'all? Yeah, I'm mad because I got the number <laughs> two pick. 
And I really wanted DJ. So I thought you were going to go in a different direction. Cause I do think there's an obvious choice that I like, should I, should we, should we break down DJ a little or you want me to go number two? Because no, let's break down DJ. What'd you like about him? Like, what was the, when you wanted to try to make that play, was it the youth and the talent that you were putting together? I think it's a combination of upside potential. I think it's combination of intangibles. I think it's, you've already seen him excel on the biggest stage. Like you've got a pretty good body of work because you could have taken it. Maybe somebody will here pretty soon taking one of the Ohio state quarterbacks. If it's JT Shroud, whoever it is, you still haven't seen much of a body of work. At least we've seen DJ in pressure pack situations and we've seen him excel in those. So like, if there is such a thing as a sure thing, I think this would probably be it. Same thing with Bryce Young. Like Expected to be great, but we haven't seen it much of it yet. We've seen DJ do it already. The thing yeah. that stands out to me about DJ Uyunglele is the versatility, and that if you were a college football coach, you could put him in so many different kinds of offenses and so many different kinds of attacks. And I truly believe that he would be uh, successful at any of them. I and mean, do you need him to be like that? That bowling ball quarterback running the ball. Guess what? He's he's built to be able to do that. Oh, do you need him to throw for four hundred yards because the line of scrimmage is all jammed up? He can do that too. I just I think that that versatility is so attractive in terms of a quarterback prospect. Yeah, and part of it too, like if we go back to last week's mailbag when we were trying to figure out players that we'd want to take, you know, to, to clone and make a whole team with, and you're trying to sit there and think of like quarterbacks who play. Well, who can I put on the line? DJ's like 6'4", 250. This is, <laughs> this is a very large man. So he's not only very talented, and like Danny said, we've seen him in pressure situations. We saw him in that Notre Dame game. We already have an idea of what he has as far as being on the field. But like at the end of games, like when the defense is tired and I'm trying to you know finish him off, I've got a 6'4", 250-pound quarterback who I could just ram into them to finish them off and end the game. I mean, I, I don't have a whole lot more to add. He's a really special athlete and awesome quarterback. Uh, man, I, we we don't program this show for you know to, to basically produce VOD segments, but that was a really good one. Like that, I'm, I'm I'm clipping that in my head already. <laughs> good job. All right, Danny, number two. All right, for my number two pick. Now this is where I wanted Tom because I kind of I I'm I have to take this quarterback. I'm going to go Spencer Rattler out of Oklahoma. I don't, so I got to start this process where I almost can't watch QB one anymore. The series on Netflix, because I start becoming like there's likes, there's dislikes. You get to know some of their personalities, which can be a good or a bad thing. Like Jake Fromm fell in love with him and his family. What a great young man, you know, like, yes, sir. No, sir. And then you've got Spencer Rattler out there talking trash with his backup and just abusing some of his teammates verbally, which is fun. Like I get it. But man, he came across as unlikable, like a punk sort of. But then that was years ago. And all of us were punks to some extent in high school. You think you have all the answers. Here's the advantage of getting Spencer Rattler, which I think you do run a risk with DJ. We've already seen sort of the freshman mistakes. And, you know, as the first year starter mistakes, we saw him late game situation, throw a couple interceptions against Kansas State. We saw him struggle against uh, Iowa State. Their two losses early. Now that you've got those out of your system and once he got benched at halftime versus Texas, he turned he, he never looked back. And all of a sudden he played close to flawless 
He does have an incredibly insane skill set of talent to work with. He's going to be in a system that has every single year just churned out incredible stats. He's going to be there at the end of the year. So I think you have to take Spencer Rattler, which I would have thought for all these reasons would have been why he should have been the slam dunk number one. Mm. Only thing I'm concerned about is a little bit of that punkiness. Like I kind of, you got to like your overall number one overall pick. Um, it's going to be a work in progress for me to get all on board with the Spencer Rattler attitude. See, I, I don't mind a little punkiness out of my QB. I, I actually like that. But uh, I I took DJ over Spencer just because the whole specimen, I think that like I'm, I'm higher on DJ. I, I think like, I, I know that I get on the whole Caleb Williams things on this show. And I think that Caleb Williams is better than Spencer Rattler, at least will be will be. But it's not that I don't like Spencer Rattler. I think he's very talented and I think he's a very good fit in that Oklahoma offense. There's just like some kind of presence from him missing for me when I watch. There's just some kind of intangible that I just can't really put my finger on that's not there, which is why I didn't take him over DJ because I feel like DJ definitely has that. But going back to your QB1 talk, that is why Tate Martell never had a chance with me. Just watching him on that show, I was like, oh God, I'm this kid. I'm, I'm never going to root for this kid. <laughs> He was the worst by far. I think if you're, if you're taking Rattler, you're betting on on the last half of the season continuing. Like the first half of the season, they did have some drops, which kind of plagued him. But ultimately, he was not the best. If you look full season, who has a higher adjusted yards per attempt against Power 5 teams? Rattler, Duggan, or Connor Basilak, the Missouri kid? Connor. Trick question. They're all the same. Six and, a half. <laughs> and they're out and they're outside the top 20 in the country for P5 QBs. Mm. So like they're not top third among power five QBs in, in, in that stat, which I is a stat I like to use because um, it kind of isolates for, you know, passing downs and whatnot. But like the second half of the year, he killed it. So I, I, I like the pick. Um, it makes me laugh and feels very appropriate for the time with, you know, reality television and sports entertainment continue to blend that, the reality television producers are impacting our actual sports analysis of high-level college quarterbacks. Based on the storylines that are presented to us on this Netflix show, we are now entering with all of these expectations. And hey, that is not actually recent because, I mean, after you watched like Sebastian Telfair, right? When you're coming up, what was it? Through the Fire, I think was the documentary of him and his recruitment. He, he steps into the league and I was like, man, you can't tell me Sebastian Telfair is not the man. Like you can't tell me he's not going to take the NBA <laughs> over right now. All reality television slash, uh, you know, documentarians. Um, all right. I'm up next. Pick number three. He was a member of uh, CPU last year. I'm not going to overthink this. Uh, he's put together the best if we were only taking the production that you've put together in college football so far, no one's got a better resume than Sam Howell. He's, Homer pick. He's got, he's, he's got more yards. <laughs> he's got more touchdowns. Uh, the, the accuracy is better. If you were going to look at the whole body of work, his freshman and sophomore seasons, full, full seasons, not the like JT Daniels snippet, or like we're going to take this piece of Spencer Rattler, Homer pick for sure, but, uh, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to try to outthink myself and avoid the Homer criticism and leave someone on the board with such a surefire proven commodity like Sam Howell. Now, he was two on my board. I'm just messing with you. Yeah, right. he, he was number one on my like for this year board. All right, bud. You got two picks. You're at the you're at the turn. Pick number four, round one. Pick number one, round two. I, I didn't want to go this way, but 
the way you guys set it up, I figured it might happen. I so you can't take anybody who's currently a, a recruit, right? Good because they're not on a roster yet. Yeah, I think they have to be on the, the roster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right, so we'll have to wait till next year to take Quinn. Um, for me, it's easy. I'm gonna go Bryce Young. I, I, I think he'll step in there and absolutely kill it at Alabama, uh, and then maybe less obvious. But I, I think C.J. Stroud it has the goods and will be the guy at Ohio State. And I, I'm locking in two years of production for e- at least uh, for each of my top two picks. I, I think they'll both put up, you know, Heisman-worthy numbers immediately this year. And uh, they're they're both really really talented guys. For those of y'all who haven't seen them yet, uh, they're they're the goods. I think one of them is so transferring. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, at Bud's, at Bud from Bud's quarterback room. Two guys from the same recruiting class. Uh, and and by the way, from that recruiting class, was it all top three quarterbacks from the 2020 recruiting class have been taken mm-hmm. in the first five picks of this 2021 quarterback draft. I tell you what, we have seen enough of Tanner Morgan and Sean Clifford, and no one wants a piece of that. All right, we're moving on. We are diving younger and younger every single year. Just, Hold on. Did I say JT Shroud earlier? Yeah. <laughs> CJ Shroud. If I do that, we have to have an alarm sound like a CTE moment or something. <laughs> names. In my defense, they are very similar. They're similar they names. Very similar. Those are similar names. <laughs> I don't want to do that for a CTE moment. That feels a little feels a little sad. Yeah, uh, just call me out on that. Okay. Um, hey, I can't call you out on that because between like when you catch me in the college football, college basketball, and golf crossover, I'm mixing up right. names all the time. I guess right. it's it Who is it very Tom's, relatable. Was it Tom's tweet about the leaderboard? Was it <laughs> yes. this weekend or last weekend? Was like, are these PGA? Is this a PGA Tour leaderboard or is this a Georgia quarterback depth chart? <laughs> it was very hard to tell the difference. Hudson Swafford. That Hudson is the Georgia Swaff- quarterback. You can't convince me he's not. <laughs> um, all right, I I will not be taking the Georgia quarterback because I am trying to build out uh, something with a little bit of balance, and I, I expect Sam Howe will be out of the room, which is why I am taking Tom Fernelli's pick for the best quarterback in the Oklahoma Sooners quarterback room. With the <laughs> second pick of the second round, I will be taking Oklahoma freshman quarterback Caleb Williams. That's a great pick, Chip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Building See, for the future. Is- Remember this QB draft right now, like a few years from now in the NFL draft, when there's like five quarterbacks taken in the top 10 again, and everybody's like, is this a generational QB class? It's like, no, it just matches what the quarterback rankings were that year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How, and I was looking, so I, I was going through old recruiting classes, and you mentioned Quinn, which is Quinn Ewers, is, but have you gotten a chance to see Quinn? Because it seems like the the top of the 24-7 sports and it's in the composite rankings, I mean, we haven't we haven't seen a huge grouping or, or like that one superstar right out the top in the last two or three recruiting classes, but Quinn's number one, right? Yeah. Quinn yours, I, I think is on that, that Trevor Lawrence type level where it was just, Hey, physically he's got everything you want. Mobile, really accurate can throw from a lot of different arm angles. Uh, production wise has dominated the, the best levels of Texas high school football for, you know, for a long time. Makeup. Everybody seems to rave about the kid. There's just nothing that that I don't I don't like about it, right? What um, about the hair? I mean, well, the hair is better than Trevor. Well, okay, it depends. <laughs> Tre- Trevor's hair, I think, has more staying power. Uh, like Brock's, like, or, or excuse me, uh, Quinn's kind of like faux hawk mullet thing is 
it's really pretty impressive that he pulls it off. I just don't know, like by the time he gets to college, will that still be in style? I don't know. See, that's that that's my major concern with with Quinn is the hair because you know it's that that's a defensive end linebacker kind of haircut. I don't know if I want my quarterback having that haircut. And that's who is not the last mullet quarterback who you thought really killed it in college. Because I, I got I got I think two in mind, and they both played for uh, for one school. Did Grayson South Carolina? Yeah, South Carolina. Steve, Steve Tannehill. Steve Tannehill. Steve Tannehill. Yeah. <laughs> For our younger listeners, get, go back and uh, go back and find pics of Steve Tannehill. And then I think didn't Stephen Garcia have a kind of a pseudo mullet for a little bit? He just had a flow. A mullet. He just had he definitely yeah. had a flow. Yeah. Um, and that is that natural blonde, or is he dying that for Quinn Ewers? That I'm not sure. I, I'll have to get the I'll have to get to the roots of that situation. Ah. <laughs> I was just going to say the the examinations haven't been that thorough, Jim. <laughs> uh, all right, Danny, uh, pick number three here in round number two. I've got a couple group of five guys. I wanted to give some love to. I'm trying to decide what's the best way to stack up my roster. I'll go. They're both upperclassmen. I'm going to have some battle here going on for playing time. I'm going to go with Carson Strong out of Nevada. The dude's got an absolute cannon. I think there's been – I don't even want to mention my other quarterback who I was going to go with because I don't want to go with him, but I think this is the closest thing to a Josh Allen type of guy. He's 6'4". He's 220. He's got a cannon. It comes off his arm really, really nice. 27 touchdowns last year, only four interceptions, 70% completion percentage. There were a lot more concerns about Josh Allen's accuracy when he was coming out. Uh, Plays a little bit more quarterback-friendly system, but I'll go with Carson Strong out of uh, Nevada. I'm legit angry at you about that pick. (laughs) Was that going to be? I I thought I was going to be able to sneak him in. Like, I didn't think he was going to be on anybody's board. I was like, all right, I could probably save him to later and get him, and he'll be like my – my veteran backup kind of, you know, my, my, my secret weapon in case something goes wrong with DJU. Man, okay, so all right. I got to I gotta adjust my strategy here. Go. So he this was is on everybody's board, right? Carson Strong? Yeah. He was, so I came across this debate. I, Danny, you've, I guess, already declared your uh, allegiances here, but it, Carson Strong versus Hank Bachmeyer, that's the battle for best quarterback in the Mountain West? Oh, yeah. Jake you know, Hayner from Fresno State. I wasn't maybe thinking has of a, Bachmeyer as my other quarterback. I, I don't think it's much of a battle, honestly. You, you think Carson Strong is like... I think yeah, Carson yeah. Strong's very good. Okay. He's already projected as like a top 15 pick. Like, he's he's got the goods. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Settled. All right, Tom, you've got uh, the fourth pick Man. of round number two and the first pick of round number three. Damn it. Uh... <laughs> All right. Well, it doesn't change my my process too much for my second and third round picks. I'm going to have to reevaluate for my fourth round. For my second pick, I'm going to take a youngster we have not seen. Uh, this is not. I don't think this is probably the Georgia QB most people thought would be the first one drafted here. But I'm oh. going to take Brock Vandegrift with my second pick. Let him spend a year or two learning under DJU, getting better, getting ready, and then his junior season. Hopefully he's in a position to ball out and become a top 10 pick in the NFL. And then I think Brock's going to need somebody pushing him. Brock's going to need somebody in that quarterback room and on that practice field that's making him work a little harder. And that's why with my third pick, I'm taking taking a Chicago boy. I'm taking J.J. McCarthy, University of Michigan. (laughs) Do you think J.J. McCarthy ends up starting this year? Not in your room, but for the Michigan room. 
I think it's certainly possible. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it'll be early in the season, but I think that at some point there's a pretty decent chance that J.J. McCarthy will be starting games for the Michigan Wolverines in 2021. Vandegrift right. also has good hair. He does. <laughs> yeah, you know he does a he has a pretty good job of building that out. Who, Bud? Would you would you slot those in Vandegrift versus McCarthy if you were power rating them against each other? Would you put uh, Brock ahead of JJ? Mm. Not in terms of like will you see them play, but just uh, as a as a prospect. Yeah, I, I don't know that either of them really pop as like a ton better than 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 the other. To be honest, um, I mean. Caveat here is I, I didn't get to see them in person before mm -hmm. their senior year because of, of the whole COVID shutdown thing. We, we, we didn't have a whole lot of like Elite 11 stuff going on that we were able to go to. Uh, but like they're not, they're really not that dissimilar, right? Both are like six, two and a half, six, three. And, you know, I mean, JJ played better competition being at IMG, obviously, for, for senior year, but I, they're pretty similar to me, man. I will say, though, I do think because, you know, just based like you said, J.J. played at IMG for his senior season, but he grew up in Illinois, played at uh, LaGrange in suburban Chicago. I would think that Brock, even if it's not the higher level of Georgia high schools, I would think that growing up in that region and playing in that region is probably a little more tested just because I know Illinois high school football. It's not quite the same level as like Georgia. That's no, that, one that, of the reasons that's true. transfer to IMG. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that and we knew IMG was going to play. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Uh, Good call. All right, Danny, third round, second pick of the third round, your third pick for your quarterback room. All right, so I need some youth if I'm going to stack up some classes here, but I don't like going super young. I like seeing somebody that's at least completed some passes. I'm going to go with Max Johnson at LSU, 6'5", lefty, saved the season in Gainesville with a three-touchdown performance. Uh, then he had 435 yards against Ole Miss, another three touchdowns. He had eight touchdowns, one interception on the year. Hasn't even locked up the starting job yet. Miles Brennan very much in that competition, but I'm banking on him to win the job, playing with all the talent. And like Bud was saying, hey, if LSU puts it together, maybe you could see that. I'm not going to go that far. This is more of a play for the future, but I'm going to take Max Johnson as my uh, third string young developmental project at quarterback. I had him on my list as well. Um, man, I feel like our lists are all really similar here, which is interesting because we're building for the future, but also, you know, trying to win now. Mm -hmm. I did not have him on my list. Not on my big board, at least. Are you a, are you a Miles Brennan guy? No, I don't have any uh, strong confidence in the LSU quarterback room. I, I need, to, need to see more before I'm, especially in a draft, when I know that I need to be able to, like, stand by my pick. I don't, I don't have, that's an incomplete uh, grade for me on both of those yeah. quarterbacks before I feel like picking them in a situation like this, it is my pick. And that's why it, I guess this sounds, um, especially after saying that to pick someone with such a small sample size is might be a little bit hypocritical, but I loved what I saw from Graham Mertz. And that's somebody who's going to have some years of eligibility left. I think he's a, he's a very dynamic player 
And it's not just seeing him as a Wisconsin quarterback. I, I just, I think he's a very, very good quarterback. Uh, got a lot of tools and like the conversation with DJU, I think he's capable of, of working in a lot of different systems. So we've got a junior Sam Howell. We've got a freshman in Caleb Williams. Now I'll be welcoming in, uh, I believe the best sophomore available left on my board. That is Graham Mertz from Wisconsin. So I, I like Graham Mertz a lot, physical talent wise. I mean, we, we had him at the, at the army all American bowl. And I mean, he was, he was on par or better with any of those quarterbacks there as far as how he moved around, how he threw it, et cetera. I, if you, Take Graham Mertz there. Chip, I'm just going to ask you, you're, you're just willing to throw out the actual production from last year, small sample, COVID, all, all the shutdown stuff. And I, I pulled some numbers this morning, and that same stat I, I cited earlier, the uh, you know adjusted yards per attempt on passing downs mm-hmm. against Power 5, he's third from the bottom. Ooh. 4.0. So, like, Mertz last year, when teams knew he was going to throw, he was one of the worst quarterbacks in the country. Do like, you- Chase, Bry- Chase Bryce – uh, of Duke and Noah Verdell of Rutgers were uh, were the only two who were worse. Chase but, Chase Bryce might have had better passing targets than Graham Mertz had. I agree, especially because he had a lot of guys out for Wisconsin for long stretches. It, it, how many games did, did did they play? Like six, six, six or seven, seven. Yeah, yeah. I, I I would have to take that is a that is a very con- concerning stat, but I would have to take into consideration the context of the passing targets that he had on Wisconsin's roster on Saturdays. Like who's, who was not in protocol, who was showing up. And then just the overall starting point of where that Wisconsin wide receiver room was for, uh, for much of the year. I like what I see. I'll stand by it. I bud back to you. You've got final round, final pick of the third round, first pick of the fourth round. All right. Uh, so I got a couple guys here, uh, including one that I've bet against already against Tom. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do it because I, I think his production will be off the charts this year, and I'm drafting for college football, not for the NFL, uh, although he may be good in the NFL. Who knows? Give me Malik Willis of Liberty. I think physical tools-wise to get him into the third round is is really nice. I think he makes good decisions. The arm is big. He's you a senior. That, it's, it's like you've already yeah. gone young, so now you're you're coming in to get somebody who can be plug and play. I respect. I went it. super young, and with Bryce Young, literally, I went yeah. young. So, <laughs> um, I, I think Willis is a is a good pick here, um, and we'll see. Like may, maybe the young guys aren't quite ready. Maybe, maybe they stumble. They have a dude who is being, you know, mocked in the first round already. That's that's not a bad one, I think. Um. All right. So now get it, get it started. Round out your room. First pick of the fourth round. So there's a couple guys here I like. Um, I'm going to go with another old, old or older QB, and it came down to, to three who I've, I've all seen in person and I like a lot. But get, go ahead and give me Matt Corral. I, I, I know we we can talk now. Granted, I mean we could talk about how how much this is schemed open for him and, and Layton Kiffin's wackiness and, and what they do is maybe not always translatable to the NFL. Whatever. I, the guy puts up huge numbers in college, and I, I, he actually makes a lot of good plays out of the pocket, except when he's playing Arkansas. Uh, and I, I think he's not a bad pick for, for round four. Th- th- there was some drop-off here, though, so I, I got a little older guys here in my final two. Ah, okay, so um, I'm I'm just not going to let it fall because uh, Willis right there, Matt Corral right there. Like, I've got a, a lot of these names, but there's there's one above that on my, on my big board that hmm. it just – he's got to be on everyone's big board. 
because he's just sliding. And we're all the way here in the fourth round. And if this podcast, which is an artist formerly known as a Georgia podcast, is going <laughs> to let the man who's going to lead the dogs to an SEC championship not get picked in the quarterback draft, I'm not standing for it. Who's that coming on down the track? It's JT Daniels. Let's go round out the quarterback room with uh, another junior. I I had, um, I mean, I guess there's only, there's I've, the other name. Uh, I'll be curious to see the other name that is sort of standing out here in the middle of my top tier on the big top tier of the big board. There's one name left. JT Daniels is the other. I'll be curious to see if it gets taken here in the next two picks, the final two picks of the cover three quarterback draft. Danny. I'm glad you took JT Daniels. I kind of, I saw him sitting there. It's like this elephant in the room. And I was like, but I don't know if I want to pull the trigger on him just yet. So I'm glad you did. So that's kind of off. It's like a big sigh of relief. I'll go. Cause I think there are a couple different ways you could go, including, uh, I don't even want to give any clues, but I'm going to go with Keaton Slovis out of USC. Uh, you've seen the potential of what he could do. If you go back to 2019, you pull it all together. One of the reasons JT Daniels at Georgia, 30 touchdowns, nine interceptions last year, I'm a little bit concerned about the offensive line, but another year in the system, another year removed from COVID. I think the upside is there to where he could be one of the guys where you see a massive jump in improvement. Somebody from the Pac-12 has to step up and have a good year. So I'm going to say, why not Keaton Slovis? All right. So that rounds out Danny's and Tom. Bring this, bring this home. See, this is where I was going to be taking Carson Strong until Danny messed it up because I wanted to go DJU number one. Then I wanted to go two kids at two and three. And then I wanted to get like a veteran presence in there in case DJU gets banged up or just, you know, somebody, a mentor kind of player who can also step in in a pinch if I need him. That was going to be strong. That was going to be Graham Mertz. That was going to be JT Daniels. That was going to be Kadon Slovis. These are all names that I was considering. But there is one name that I was considering that's still on my board that I'm happy to get with the last pick of the draft. And you know what? Maybe he wants to leave his current situation to come to Fernelli Tech because we'll probably still be eligible for postseason play here soon. I am taking Jaden Daniels from Arizona State. Ooh, there we go. Bringing it home with the Arizona State quarterback. All right, the... That's it. Four rounds. The Cover 3 quarterback draft is done. And coming up on the other side, it's time to discuss what our big boards looked like, whom the best players that did not get drafted, draft grades for all of our squads and analysis and more next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So here are the squads, the quarterback rooms. Tom 
has DJ Uyunglele from Clemson, Brock Vandegrift from Georgia, JJ McCarthy from Michigan, and Jaden Daniels from Arizona State. Danny Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma, Carson Strong from Nevada, Max Johnson from LSU, Keaton Slovis from USC. Chip has Sam Howell from North Carolina, Caleb Williams from Oklahoma, Graham Mertz from Wisconsin, JT Daniels from Georgia, and Bud has Bryce Young from Alabama, CJ Stroud from Ohio State, Malik Willis from Liberty, and Matt Corral from Ole Miss. The name that uh, I was referencing right there in the fourth round was Dylan Gabriel. Was Dylan Gabriel holding a, a high spot for y'all? Because I had him on my big board just like it was... I knew I was going to pull Caleb Williams early. That was kind of a plan for the draft. Uh, but Dylan Gabriel was right there with Malik Willis and Matt Corral as this group of upperclassmen that I really like that I would put ahead of uh, some of these other quarterbacks that were taken. Just, I mean, just to get the conversation started, is, is Dylan Gabriel a product of a system? Or do you think that he is, that kind of production stands by uh, a lot of talent that should be considered, you know, valuable, you know, rated highly, ranked highly. Dylan Gabriel was on my board, but the one reason that kind of eliminated him and it might be considered a stupid reason, but it's my reason because I got DJU early. So obviously I'm going into this year with him as my starter. And like I said, I wanted two young kind of incoming freshman guys to have for the future to build. And then I wanted another veteran. Dylan Gabriel was in the conversation for that veteran. But the problem for me is, He's not, I don't plan on him being my starter. He's only going to be playing in case DJU gets hurt. And I didn't want my backup QB to be a lefty with my starters are all right. What? Mm. Because the uh. ball spins differently. And re- you see it all happen all the time. Receivers have to adjust to left-handed quarterbacks. And they drop more passes because of it. So I didn't want a lefty coming in in the third quarter after DJU gets banged up. And I have to change up a whole lot of my offense. Because now I've got a quarterback who's better going to the left than he is going to the right. My brain exploded. That is such great detail for the quarterback draft. I really do appreciate that. Thank you. That was really the reason? Like, I mean, you, you thought of this before the show? Uh, no, I thought of it during the show, and I was trying okay. to figure out who my last pick was going to be, and I was breaking it down, and names were getting plucked off the list because Dylan was still on there at the end. I, I think Dylan Gabriel actually has quite a bit of talent. Um, the issue is I do think he's also a product of that system. Mm. Everybody who plays in that system puts up numbers, and – you know, whether they're good or not, it it's, can sometimes be difficult to tell. And UCF usually has a, a talent and speed advantage as well over pretty much everybody they play, um, especially in, in the AAC, which is a good league, but not, you know, like defensively, they don't put out a whole lot of guys into the pros. Um, other guys I, that I, I thought, what about Derek King? He was somebody I think if you didn't have the ACL tear would yeah. would definitely be on, be on on my board higher and I think he'll play this year I just don't know how effective he'll be. That is exactly why he was not in consideration for me. Mackenzie Milton, Derek King, uh, Brock Purdy, Spencer Sanders, Tanner Morgan are not even on the big board. They were on a separate list of like I'm done. I think you're a good quarterback. You are worthy of being a starting quarterback here in college football. But it, I, I kind of feel like I've seen, I, I feel like I've seen everything. Seen, I've seen all the tricks. I've heard all the songs. Uh, would love to be proven wrong. Derek King's probably the best of that group. But um, yeah, I just, I wanted to talk about him. I was curious to see if anyone was going to draft him, but I, I didn't, I wasn't really drawn to him. Is, is Tanner Morgan good? Like, I'm not really 
we I'm thought, not sure on this. He had he had two like legit NFL dudes he was throwing the ball to on the outside and a ton of, you know, like they ran the ball almost all the time. So every time they threw, it was kind of a surprise. I, I'm I'm not sold. I think he may be going pro in something other than sports. I thought <laughs> two years ago that he was very accurate and had good touch on his ball down the field. I thought last year he was wildly inaccurate. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm guessing he's somewhere in between those two. Um Sam Heward was another freshman that I was very intrigued about. Uh, and when I was like looking at true freshmen, I had JJ McCarthy on my list as well. Um, and uh, Brock Vandegrift. When I was took it to the sophomores, you mentioned like Connor Basilak being grouped in in a non flattering way. Mm-hmm. If it, if things got real thin, I might have taken Connor Basilak. He was he was on the list. You know, I mentioned that other list of like quarterbacks that I acknowledge are good, but that I wasn't actually looking to draft. But you know, if, if all of a sudden all the players that I had selected on there, if, if those were y'all's picks, then we could have gotten to a a Connor Basilak or a Levi Lewis here at the uh, in the in the back half of the big board. And you know, Connor was Connor didn't make my final board at the end, but he was definitely a name that as I was doing the research for this last night and this morning, he was somebody that was, you know, definitely orbiting the draft board. Some guys that I actually had like over Purdy and, and Morgan um, back before Chip said this was going to be four rounds and I ended up chopping the board off quite a bit. Uh, I Max Duggan yeah, for I, me, I, I think yeah. has a lot of upside. Uh, Devin Leary. You know, not a guy I can pick in a top four round draft, but last year when he played, he was really good. And I've seen him in person, like the arm talents there. And somebody who got a lot better last year, by the way, and you can hear our episode with uh, with Bruno Report Online coming up for UCLA. Dorian Thompson Robinson kind of sneakily last year was pretty damn good. Those are three guys on my list who kind of stood out who I feel like are not system guys. You know, like Sam Hartman, good numbers at Wake last year. Still think he's kind of a system dude. It did. Do you remember what happened with Sam Hartman and the uh, and interceptions last season? Uh, I know he only threw four of them in like obvious passing situations. Uh, I think that all of them were in the bowl game against Wisconsin. So he had yeah. like an ACC record interception free streak going. And then he just He's turned a into a record. pumpkin. <laughs> he just like all of the interceptions from the season all came into the bowl game. And I was shook. He looked shook. I mean, it was, said, it was sad. I think he probably set a record for like most consecutive interceptions. Yeah. At that point. This long interception free streak. Then he throws one and he's like, okay, well, you know what? Now, now let's just go ahead and, and go all the way with this. You know, like I'm, I'm giving up chocolate, uh, I'm giving up chocolate for the month. And then all of a sudden, like on, on the 30th, you're like, well, here we go. We're crushing candy bars. Let's do it. And I think like, there, cause there's a lot of names left to discuss that weren't taken. And I don't even think we're really super close to being drafted. Cause the format for the way we do this is like, if we were just doing, all right, let's draft the best 2021 quarterbacks. A lot of guys that most of us didn't even consider today or consider all that hard would have probably gone in that draft. It's just when you're doing this, from like the roster construction kind of standpoint where you want a guy right away for like at least this year, maybe the next couple of years. And then you want guys behind them. A lot of really good players who are really good right now are going to get left out and aren't even really going to get heavy consideration. I, I think if you're really good, you get consideration really, really good. like a good but quarterback, see, but you know, there to me in the 2021 and maybe, I mean, it'll probably change as the season plays out, but there isn't like, 
like last year, there was obvious, there was a very obvious tier one, like mm-hmm. top tier of quarterbacks in college. You knew who they were. This year, I think there's still an obvious tier one. It's just, I don't think the gap between the top tier and the next tier is as significant as it was last year. I think that there's a lot of, a lot of wiggle room for a lot of these guys in 2021 to move from one tier to the other. I think that some of that has to do with the inexperience of the top tier. Yeah, exactly. So it's, there's a little more wild card situation there. So a lot of more kind of trusty veteran guys, I guess you could say like juniors and seniors that might not have that highest ceiling of talent, but you kind of already know what you're getting. I think that if we're just drafting like the top 16 QBs in college, those guys are getting taken when we're drafting it this way. And we have to consider upside instead of already having the production. A lot of those guys are getting left out. Michael Penix might will go, would go higher in the just draft the top quarterbacks of the class than he would in this format. Yeah. Like Michael Penix would have been considered if we were just drafting top quarterbacks, Michael Penix was not even on my board or close to my board for this draft. Yeah. I would have had him like if we did a 10 round draft. Would you, would Anthony Brown have made either of y'all's board, even if we had done a 10 round draft? I don't know if he would. And I think that's, that's interesting when we're talking about Oregon and like, we're talking about Oregon being a PAC 12 champion. We're talking about Oregon making it to the college football playoff. I think Anthony Brown is a very good and and worthy of being a starter. I do not think he's unfit to be a starter in a power five conference, but I did not have him on my board. And you could talk me into Phil Dracovic if you were just trying to draft over Anthony Brown. I have a lot of faith in Joe Moorhead, so I can't totally discount Anthony Brown. But based on production and just what I've seen of him, you know, watching a lot of ACC ball, he's not somebody that I would have had on my list uh, early on. Um, the names that, again, like I just gathered a ton of quarterback names and there was the list that I knew I wasn't going to draft, but I was curious because I wanted to bring it up because I'm sure that uh, if you're listening at home, uh, you probably weren't expecting as a fan of Auburn, Nebraska, or Penn State, to hear your quarterback taken. But somebody like a Bo Nix, an Adrian Martinez, a Sean Clifford, like, is there, to Tom's point, with so much wiggle room between the tiers, is there a future, is there a possibility here this season that we see uh, either of those quarterbacks take a big leap and reach another level? If so, which of those three do you think stands out as the one that you would invest in uh, for that potential? Which three? It's Bo Nix, Adrian Martinez, Sean Clifford. God. Auburn, Nebraska, and Penn State. Quarterbacks that we have gotten to know intimately. Martinez? By far, because the the level of of athleticism on defense in the Big Ten West, I I don't think measures up for the most part. You know, I mean, think about the teams you get to play. Yeah. But Penn State plays better, play, like better competition. Auburn's maybe, certainly going to play a lot better competition. Maybe I've seen too much of Adrian Martinez. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if Adrian Martinez is going to have that leap. I think it is possible that in terms of uh, the way that their game has changed, I'm probably more interested in seeing if Clifford can take the leap than Knicks or Martinez, just because they've had so much shifting uh, offensively, both in terms of the coordinators and the personnel? I I don't know if this is the right answer, but I do think I'm most interested in Bo Nix with a Brian Harson and a more of a pro-stylish kind of offense than what Bo Nix was doing in the Auburn under Gus Malzahn offense. I'm interested 
doesn't mean I'm confident that we're going to see a huge step forward, but I'm going to be paying attention. Um, do you know who I had on, on my draft board way too high? And I, I didn't even take it just because it kept make, making me laugh every time I scanned by it. But it's the guy who went 15 for 15 in the spring game. Utah quarterback Charlie Brewer. I mean, I think Charlie Brewer's going to be really good this year. But, you know, he's a senior. And for the, the purposes of this uh, exercise, uh, he was uh, he did not end up getting picked. But I had him. I had uh, Charlie Brewer there with Mike Max Duggan, Phil Dracovic, Connor Basilak, just power five starting quarterbacks that I'm interested in. You know, a little bit bullish on. Did not think the draft was going to go to a point where I was going to be drafting them. But I, I found myself do, going through this exercise, pulling some of those names and being like, I'm let's keep close tabs on them because I think there's a chance that uh, what we've seen that's good can be replicated this season. Is there anybody on your draft board on your actual draft board? Not like the, Hey, if we had 20 rounds, but like on the draft board, you prep for today's four round draft. Is there anybody on there who we have not mentioned yet on this show? Uh, we mentioned, did we mention Kyle McCord? Yeah. Cause yeah. Yeah. So that's really the only person that chip mentioned Sam Heward, who, by the way, I was also in consideration with Vandegrift and McCarthy, but another dumb reason he played high school in Washington. I don't know if Get I get out of here. <laughs> hey, hating on I, I Illinois, hating on Washington. This is the thing. Like I haven't seen the kid play. So it's like, I have to go on these kind of things that you really, you know, when you're trying to like split hairs between these guys, I, my, my initial thought was at least from Washington. I don't know about the level of high school football there. He's got a famous name. Maybe that helps with the, you know, like the rating guy. And the deal. last guy to come out of Washington rated that high was kind of a flop. Yeah. Jacob so, Eason. Uh-huh. So it's like that kind of, and it's not fair and it's not right, but I can't sit here and deny that that didn't push him down the board a little bit. He says, Tom Fernelli says, Washington high school football is soft. Prove me I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, no, I, th- I think that, I mean, I'm a, I also talk too much. So I know I've mentioned all the names that were on my like actual draft board. The ones that went undrafted from the board were Gabriel Brewer, Heward, Basilak, McCarthy, Lewis, Dracovic, Duggan. The one on my board that hasn't been broken or brought up yet, Grayson McCall. Yeah, I know. At Coastal. Now, I wasn't really going to pick him unless it, unless I just totally ran out of guys because you know, that's a unique system. We've only seen him for one year. You know, Coastal played some good teams, but also some some not not very good teams. But I, I think he's actually a pretty damn good QB who would be good in other systems as well. So he he made my board, and that's the last guy we haven't brought up. Um, Ben Kirchhoff. Oh, go ahead. Uh, the weird thing about Grayson McCall is like when you watch him play, because he's six three, he's you know two hundred pounds. He does not look six three, two hundred pounds. For some Agreed. reason, when I watch Grayson McCall play, I feel like I'm watching a five eleven QB. But then it's like when you see him standing, it's like, oh no, wait, actually, he's huge. <laughs> right. I I don't know where I'm at on McCall. It's interesting you bring him up, Bud, because Ben Kirchival for CBS Sports was really like making a strong argument. We were having a conversation about group of five quarterbacks and sort of like which ones, I, I mean, I, I was over here in a Dylan Gabriel camp. He's like, man, I think Grayson McCall is a really, really good quarterback that deserves to be mentioned there with Malik Willis, with Desmond Ritter uh, as like one of the top quarterback or Carson strong too, as uh, the top quarterbacks there at the group of five level. So I'm, I think that the the hesitation is right where you say like, let's it's one year. Let's, let's see if they can come back. Everyone's going to have tape on that system and uh, we'll see if they can uh, come up with some answers. Uh, in terms of the squads themselves, what do y'all is it, 
do you, I mean, we all love our own rosters and our own draft class. Any, any thoughts about how uh, these different rooms stack up against each other? Kip, I don't think you got enough youth. What Caleb Williams isn't enough. I mean, Caleb Williams will probably be starting for you next year and then for the next couple of years after that. But I just, I just I, I, I'd like to see you take another, you know, Sam Heward type of player. Like instead of, instead of JT Daniels to, no, to go instead s- of Mertz. Oh, cause he's a yeah, sophomore. Mm-hmm. I, uh, Max Johnson and Keaton Slovis were not on my, I want list at all. Like, I mean, I, it is really, really easy since Danny had to bail early for yes. me to just take shots at his draft class, but Spencer Rattler and Carson strong. Sure. But Max Johnson, that is, that's gotta be like old Florida state quarterback, like fraternity love, right? Like <laughs> Max's dad is, has been on the phone with Danny the same way that, uh, McCaffrey's dad has been on the phone with Mike Bloomgren and been like, I, t- I tell you, he's the one listen, you got to take him. No, I, I, I'm, I'm incomplete. As I said earlier, Max Johnson and Keaton Slovis. I hope he plays well, but I wouldn't be picking him. See, I don't, I don't even love my own board because again, Danny threw mine for a loop when he took Carson, Carson strong. strong. Cause I, I thought it was going to be DJU two kids and then Carson strong to finish it out. And now I'm just disappointed with my own team. <laughs> well, you've got DJU and Jaden Daniels. So at least I'm showing just- up. I'm showing up to the facility on Monday morning, mad at these guys for nothing that they did. <laughs> Jaden, you're not Carson strong. Run a lap. <laughs> oh man. What do you I- think? I mean, I think if you don't love your team, do we, do we have a spreadsheet where we can see everybody else's team lined up, or did you were you guys writing this down as we went? Because I only kept track of my own and then crossed off the list. Oh, yeah, chips. yeah I shared it. Is it? In, oh, is it in the chat? Uh, no, I it should check. Uh, check your. I guess it would have been through the email. Oh, on email. Okay, gotcha. Oh well, yeah, I'm pulling this up live on air. Yeah, this my inst- this could have been. Here. I mean, this could have been a really helpful tool for you <laughs> during the draft. Yeah, I, I look. I I had my list, yeah. and I was crossing off the names and, and circling the ones that that, that I had. Um, I think Tom's team is is really nice uh, because he you know he has DJ who I assume will start, but like, he also has some wild cards that I could really hit with with the young guys. I guess like I don't know. I'm very up and down on Jaden Daniels. Uh, he was. Not very good last year, ultimately, nope. especially if you take out that Arizona game where they won 70 to 7. But I've seen him play well. So I, I can't hate on that pick. You know, Danny's, I, I wouldn't take Keaton Slovis in that spot because I feel like you already have enough proven guys. Like Carson Strong to me is pretty proven. Spencer Rattler, if you believe, like if you believe in him well, like that much to take him with the number two overall pick, you better think he's proven. Right. Agree. Um, Max Johnson, I actually get the pick. I think he's got some some decent upside. He performed really well for LSU despite some pretty crazy turmoil going on in that program last year. Chip, I, I think you've got like some serious upside with your team too. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a hater here on anybody, like or I guess if, if I think your picks suck, I, I would. But I mean, we're talking about four picks here each. So yeah. you shouldn't make any really, really bad picks. Like, I think it makes sense to bet on you're on the upside of Mertz or, or Daniels and you get somebody really proven in Sam Howell and Caleb Williams is obviously our, our number one QB for last cycle. Um, 
not bud team. That that might be the goods right there. I think Matt Corral. <laughs> I think Matt Corral might have been one of my favorite picks because I was thinking about Matt Corral as I was like, that's going to be a late round opportunity, and that's just somebody who. I mean, I, I don't want him to start every single game, but the opposing defensive coordinator is going to be really mad if Sam Howell, uh, you know, like twists an ankle or something. And guess who's coming in? Matt Corral, hair on fire, all gas, no breaks. Like that is that's a that would be somebody that I again I don't want to miss my starter, but I would love for him to be the the person that we're calling from the bullpen if we need it. Yeah, see, I was I was hoping Matt Corral might be that guy that fell to me before he took him, but in the fourth round, because I might have taken him with my last pick, just to be like my officer of swag, to get to get <laughs> to, to bring my cuter, my QB room a little little attitude, let him you know get it, just because I like that in my quarterback, so I wouldn't mind having that in my QB room. He's got a little Brett Favre in him, yeah. And and, and now with how much QBs are are coached, and some would say overcoached. I mean, he like he does not give a damn. He'll I know. Just, like, look, look at that Arkansas game. That was incredible. Arkansas was like, we're going to drop 11. <laughs> Iowa State, you guys drop eight. We're dropping 11. Watch this. And he's like, still chucking it. <laughs> but but for you to have Corral and Willis, boy, that's a lot of like moving around. It is. You're going to have to have a really, if you we're going to have to spy Bud's team when we play him every year my, because my uh, defense, my first team defense, if these guys are my scout team dudes, are going to be so well prepared. They're going to be skinny. They're not going to be able to hold weight on. That's They're a lot of cardio. The, the, the little like man sports bra they wear that shows the GPS and, and, and the yes. exertion and whatnot. Um, no, no, no free advertising. I don't know who actually, I know what it's called. I'm not going to call it out. Like they, their numbers are going to be off the charts with the guy with the laptop there on a practice field. <laughs> Without a doubt. Um, okay, so any other thoughts on these squads? Any other uh, quarterbacks? That I think that pretty much everybody on my mention Drew Plitt, nobody was going to draft him, but good for you, Ball State. We look forward to Drew Plitt against Penn State's defense when uh, the biggest rivalry in uh, the house divided the house divided rivalry uh, for the Penn State Ball State recently married couple. Shout outs to y'all. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm feeling. Feeling uh, feeling pretty good. We're at draft season off and running. We're excited about it. The other drafts that you can look forward to. Remember, with the Oklahoma drill draft, we already did for the all-time. We're going to do it for 2021. That will be running back, linebackers, uh, offensive linemen, defensive linemen. We'll have a pass catcher draft. And then, oh boy, things get really intense for the coaching staff draft. All that coming up here in the next couple weeks on the Cover 3 podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow him at Bud Elliott 3. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you.